Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Les Bowen. How you doing, Les? I'm doing great, Jeff. And Paul Domowich. How you doing, guys? Uh, good to have you guys uh, aboard. Uh, the draft is upon us. We finally have something that's uh, you know actually happening. Uh, certainly, we had free agency last month, but the draft is a big deal. And I guess maybe about a month ago, I wasn't even sure it was going to happen, but it's nice to have the uh, diversion in light of what, everything that's going on around the world and certainly locally with, uh, with our families and everybody else uh, trying to just get through this coronavirus. Um, the Eagles, this is a big draft for them. And they have eight picks. And the first pick is number 21, which is typically a tough spot. You, you sometimes see when, when teams, they don't have first-round grades or what you may call, what the Eagles use, I guess they call them uh, day one starter grade. Mm-hmm. You don't typically see 32 guys um, at that spot. Usually it's in the 20s you start to see the fall off. So I'm not really sure how the Eagles have the board ranked and if they have 21 you know, day one starter grades amongst this year's class. But let's just go around first of where you, what you guys think the Eagles are going to do in the first round from most likely, I guess, to least likely. I mean, who, who do you have? Who do you have mocked to the Eagles? at number 21 or, or did you have maybe a trade up as more of a likely uh, scenario or trade back? Okay. Well, I, uh, I had them with Brandon. I, I, I don't think it'll be at 21. I think that would be if they traded back. Uh, I just don't think they'll sit there at 21 and just sort of take whoever falls to them. Howie Roseman doesn't often draft where he's supposed to draft in the first round. It's almost it is really unusual. I think once in the last four years uh, has he gone with his original position. Uh, I think they they probably are going to get a wide receiver. I mean, they didn't do anything in free agency or by, via trade to address that. I know there are other possibilities, and you could address wide receiver later. But I think you're really setting yourself up uh, to be in a tough spot if you do that. I think that has not worked in previous drafts when there's been a position of strength and they've waited. Uh, I like Aok. I did have core muscle surgery, but I don't think it was a big deal. It was near his hip, actually. Uh, it was something teams wanted him to get fixed before the draft. Uh, we don't know when there's going to be activity on the field, so I think you'll have plenty of time to get healed before he does anything with the Eagles. Um but I wouldn't be shocked. I would not be against, and I, I'm probably the only one who thinks this, even if they had to expend significant resources, if they could trade up to get to C.D. Lamb, I would do that. I want a real number one guy and you know, to see what their offense looks like with that added to, to Carson Wentz's arsenal. Damo, who do you got them taking? Well, I, I don't see them trading up. Uh, I got, you know – uh, I mean, they've got eight picks and, you know, they've repeatedly said they need those as yeah. many picks as possible because they have to get younger and they have to build around around Carson long term here. Now, that could change if they're just completely infatuated with Lamb. I mean, he's clearly probably the, the, the one can't miss. I mean, you could add Judy to that, too. But I mean, Lamb is is clearly a can't miss wide receiver. But you would have to give up so much to move up 11 spots to get them. Um, you know, I, my feeling is that they have they believe any of those top four receivers, uh, Lamb and Judy 
but more importantly, uh, Ruggs and Jefferson, who are more likely to fall, uh, are good enough for that they would just sit there at 21 and take them. Now, at some point here, they're going to have to read the, the tea leaves as this draft proceeds and, and, and try to guess whether one of them will make it to them. Uh, in, in talking to Jan- Daniel Jeremiah, he thinks they should know by the 13th pick because you've got the Jets, Oakland, and San Francisco at 11, 12, and 13, all with their eyes on wide receivers. Uh, not, not absolutely with, uh, with those picks because Oakland and San Francisco have other uh, first-round picks. But if all three of those teams take wide receivers there, Judy Lamb and, say, Ruggs at 11, 12, 13, Jefferson probably doesn't make it to them. Uh, and they've got to either come up with a plan B or, or, or punt or whatever. Uh, my sense, my feeling, and, and what my mock draft has is that Jefferson does make it to them and that if he's there at 21, you don't even hesitate. I mean, he's a, he's a guy that can play anywhere, not just a slot, uh, you know, was extremely productive at LSU and would just be a godsend for, for Carson Wentz. I'd go along with that. I hope it happens. I, I've, I'm a little concerned about Jefferson getting to 21, but, uh, you know, it could happen. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree, Les. I mean, I, I think there is doubt about it, especially if those guys, those other three go early. But, yeah, you know, yeah. That's, I mean, when we did the mocks, that's who I picked, and I'm going to stay with it for now. Yeah, that's who uh, – Jefferson's who I have fallen to him at 21, although I think they may have to move a little bit to get either him or Ruggs. Um, I think the big question is how many tackles go in those first 10 to 12 picks. Yeah. And if there's a quarterback like Jordan Love who slips into there too, yeah. if that happens, then you start seeing some wide receivers fall, and perhaps that makes one of those guys gettable. If Howie yeah. wants to expend just only maybe a third round pick versus a second round pick, that second round pick is really important. Now, Howie has the ability to, you know, if they do use one of their picks to move up, he can he can kind of wheel and deal and, and accumulate picks. By moving right. around later, so there's always that possibility, and, and he's got players that maybe he could trade as well too. I don't know who, yeah. who's hot on the on the market right now, or who they're really looking to unload, or who any team would be willing to take. I mean, <laughs> I don't think you can get a bag of balls for Alshon Jeffrey right now, uh, or Russell Douglas for that matter. Right, Russell Douglas is certainly more likely, or 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 Sidney Jones. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at this. You guys mentioned about uh, it's going to be interesting. I think 10, 11, 12, and 13 are – that's where we're going to find out what's going to happen with the Eagles, whether teams are going to trade up into those spots to get one of these receivers or a quarterback or a tackle, which, which would allow teams like the Jets, Raiders, and 49ers to drop down and maybe get other receivers if, if, you know, if they want to accumulate more picks – the Jets, we know we know the Jets because we know Joe Douglas, um, and I. If he takes a tackle there, doesn't that maybe make him make the wide receivers drop a little bit? It might. It might. The one thing I'm worried about, or I would be worried about if I were the Eagles, is there are teams behind them that covet some of these wide receivers. And, you know, we've seen that before. That was the famous story of the Marcus Smith draft. Yeah. Uh, you know, somebody traded right in front of them and, and took a guy they wanted. And, uh, you know, that Dalvin Cook, like, that happened with Dalvin Cook as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really, I'd be a little, 
I'd be aggressive if I were them. I would want to try to get the receiver that I want. Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of lean with you, uh, Les, too. And, and Howie, as you mentioned, I think he's traded up in four of the nine drafts he's run. He's traded back twice. And one year uh, – yeah, so he's traded back twice, and the other times he has, has stood pat. So he, he has moved out of six of the nine drafts in the first round. Um, I mean, he's hard to keep still on draft day, and, and he likes to – make a splash as we as we all know and they've kind of pinned themselves in the corner a little, little bit here which is not something they've done over the last several years how he's been very good at covering himself in free agency or with trades before the draft um who could be some surprise guys that they could take aside from a receiver at number 21 well i mean they could uh, you know i, I think that the, the edge rusher from lsu chasen yeah Certainly is a possibility. Uh, you know, you've got Brandon Graham, who's 32. The jury's still out uh, uh, to a degree on, on Derek Barnett. I mean, not that he's not a player, but how good can he be? And and Josh Wedd is still, you know, still a, a, a sort of a project. So, I mean, you, you know, we know that Jim Schwartz can't have enough pass rushers. So, I don't know what they think of this kid. Uh, I think they would rather, you know, if they get to 21 and, and those four wide receivers are gone, I mean, my my feeling is they would probably look to trade down before they would stay there and take either somebody like Chasen or um, what Rager. You know, Xavier McKinney, the safety, or, or the cornerback uh, from Florida, C.J. Henderson. I, I think they still want that wide receiver in the first round. Yeah. You know, I mean, Les mentioned Ayuk. You got Denzel Mims. But again, like like Les said, guys, other teams are trying to trade up to get wide receivers. So you've got to know the market. You've got to know who's not. You know, you trade down, and you're you're back to you're back to the Marcus Smith uh, deja vu situation. Les, have you seen? By the way, uh, you know, trading down has not been a, a godsend to them over the years. It's uh, that tends to happen to them when they trade down. It, yeah. When you trade down, it means that what you wanted to do didn't work out to me. And uh, I'm not a huge uh, proponent of that. Well, uh, they got Dallas Goddard. They, yeah, yeah. But, you know, that was kind of a layup. I mean, he was really uh, highly touted, and, and they moved to a very good spot to get him. That's, but you're right. That did work out. Uh C.J. Henderson, if C.J. Henderson's there at 21 and none of the top four receivers is there at 21, I would probably take him. I mean, you're talking about a guy that I think is going to be, and I don't know, but just from what I read and see, I think this could be like a Pro Bowl-type corner uh, for a long time. You know, maybe you do try to you know, finesse wide receiver in the second round, move up in the second round or something, you know, to get a wide receiver and, uh, and get, get a – a real corner, uh, but I don't know if I don't think C.J. Henderson. No, that's it. that's the thing that I mean. There's probably a less likely yeah. l- less likely that he slides to 21 than than somebody like Jefferson. Yeah, yeah well, Chasen. I don't know. Have him, but I don't know if I would take him over a wide receiver that I would get by trading back a few spots. I don't know. I mean, I, there are a lot of things we we haven't even talked about those linebackers that. Uh, keep getting projected yeah. to them Patrick <laughs> Queen, uh, I, yeah I don't uh, I don't Murray I don't uh, buy that at all um yeah I don't either yeah. but the game is changing in that regard I 
you know, and they are, I think what these experts are looking at, and one of them is Daniel Jeremiah, who's pretty plugged in with the Eagles. They're looking at the linebacker core that they have right now and thinking, how in the world can you compete? I mean, they got rid of Bradham and Gruget Hill, and uh, they don't have a line, a real linebacker on the team right yeah. now. You know, I, yeah, uh, I don't buy the linebacker a uh, bit. And, yeah. You know, you only need two, and really, honestly, yeah. you only need one to play all three downs most of the time. Um, right. I, I just don't think that's a position that they value. And when I was looking at that draft board and looking at the available prospects, yeah. you don't want to you don't well, want to expend a first round pick on a linebacker. And another thing about those two linebackers, guys, is one of the things that make them special is they're both they're both pretty good blitzers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jim yeah, Schwartz, does, you know, I mean, Jim Schwartz blitzes maybe nineteen percent of the time, uh, you know, among the lowest in the league. So. You know, are you going to use your first round pick on, on, on a guy that who's, who's one of his skills is something you seldom would use him for? Right. And Murray's, yeah. Murray's like a middle linebacker thumper, which is nice to have. But and I know he can cover guys in college, but is he going to be covering guys in the NFL, which makes you wonder if he's a three down guy for very long. Queen makes a little more sense to me than than Murray, but I don't know. Um. Let, let's look back. Let's look beyond the first round. And and I think that's important, obviously, but uh, but important because the wide receiver, as we mentioned, position is so deep. And you've heard Dan, Daniel Jeremiah and many other analysts, and, and you've heard even some GM say this as well, that the wheelhouse for receivers may be rounds two, three, and four. And you can really get a sleeper. And we've seen these last few years that the first round receivers haven't done as well as the second round receivers. And in yeah. some cases, the third round receivers. These are guys, and Howie has mentioned this, sometimes these are guys who didn't really produce a lot in college, but they have a skill set where they haven't really hit their, or even come close to hitting their peak. So you have to project these guys a little more. And, and I always like that. Um, like for instance, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside last year was a guy who produced in college. Right. But where was, you know, was there great upside? Whereas with D.K. Metcalf and Terry McLaren, these were guys with upside and a little, a little bit of a gamble. But if you get them in the second and third round, you're not expending that much versus the first round. Who are some of the receivers you guys could see the Eagles being keyed in on those in that second, third, fourth round wheelhouse? And Dama, you wrote about uh, – this very topic and unless you actually wrote a, a, a similar type topic in that how wide receivers over the years has taken time for them to develop although in recent years maybe not as much so yeah well on the taking time I, I think it's what I wrote about it, it's going to be in the tomorrow's papers uh, it, it's just a tough position to evaluate because it's so different in college than it is in the pros you don't see press coverage. You don't see complex route trees a lot of times. Uh, some of these prospects, and I'll use Aup, the guy that I mocked to the Eagles. Uh, you know, a lot of his highlight film is him taking a screen pass and dodging through the secondary and gaining 40 yards with it. Well, you know, I mean, that's nice, but is that really what the Eagles are looking for here? And does that make an elite wide receiver in the NFL? Uh, I don't know. I, you know, I don't, I'm not an evaluator, but it's just so hard with these guys. And you mentioned uh, JJ and that's really a key thing. I think under Joe Douglas and a little bit with Andy Weidel, who's a Joe Douglas protege, 
there was all this emphasis on production in college. Well, I kind of think the college game is changing. Uh, you see a guy like McLaurin who didn't catch a lot of passes at Ohio State. It wasn't because he wasn't any good or wasn't working hard. It's because they had a, a truckload of really good receivers at Ohio State. Right. Turned out he had an amazing rookie year with the Redskins who actually threw the ball to him, you know. And uh, I, I think you have to factor that in. I think the Eagles have kind of talked about that this year is that, uh, you know, you look at LSU, I mean, or Alabama. Uh, Ruggs was Alabama's number two receiver. What did he catch, like 40 passes this year? You know, I mean, you just can't uh, – the old models for what you look for in a player are kind of changing a little bit, I think, at that position. Dama? What was the what was the what receivers other wide receivers some what some receivers you you think could slip to the Eagles in the second yeah, or third I mean, round you know, that, they would, that they would like I mean we're talking about twenty five guys uh, wide receivers that could go in the first three rounds so there's a ton that'll be there I mean the name that's been mentioned uh, to them in the second round is KJ Hamler the kid from Penn State it would be a nice pickup if they don't go wide receiver in that round. Uh, you know, I, I like, the, you know, the, uh, the name that Marcus had in his uh, seven-round mock, uh, the Eagles taken in the fourth, the kid, the Texas uh, wide receiver, Devin DuVernay. DuVernay. Uh, yeah. Who's that again? Devin DuVernay. He's, a, he's, he's not yeah. a big guy. He's like 5'10". Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he's played inside. He's played outside. Um, I mean, so there's pl- – I mean, I wouldn't – I'm not – you know, if, if they decide that for whatever reason to get out of the, not take a wide receiver in the first round. There certainly are a lot available in the second and third rounds. It's just that even in a deep draft, your, your odds go down. I mean, you're not, you, you know, right. and, and I'm not, you know, you, you know, there's history says this, that these guys haven't picked well as in the later rounds. So right. uh, when you, when you absolutely have to have a wide receiver in this draft, you know, I'm going to go get them when I feel fairly certain that it's going to be a winner, which would be the first round. So, uh, yeah. Well, I think yeah. uh, a couple of guys that I maybe think that they could be, you know, TCU's Jalen Rager, um, maybe T. Higgins. Uh, these are guys I think maybe they can get in the second round. Um, Denzel Mims, perhaps. I don't know. He, some people yeah. have, some people have him mocked in the first round. He's probably not a later guy. Um, and so. I think Van Jefferson is a later guy, and I think Antonio Gibson would be an interesting player on the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. you know, I think I think what fans want is no Pac-12 players. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, Deshaun Jackson was a Pac-12. Player. Yeah, but, no, yeah, I mean, there's you know, it comes all shapes factor. and sizes and all different. You know, it, it, but it, I mean, it does factor into your your ability to know a player. I think. Um, mm. Yeah, you know, for instance, Andre Dillard didn't even visit the Eagles last year. Right. Um, yeah. I always wonder. I, I I made this point in my story today, but uh, but not really. Uh, I didn't really expand upon it. But you know, I, I, I you know how you have, you have scouts living in all these areas, and I just feel like sometimes they they're detached from what really happens in the in the city in which their team plays. And you look at a guy like Andre Dillard, and you, oh, everyone says great things about him, but how's he going to play in Philadelphia? Yeah. Um, so but, I mean, they've, and they've, played, they've been asking that question going back to Andy with Donovan. I mean, uh, you yeah. know, it's, it's always, yeah. especially at high profile positions, it's always like, 
how can these guys handle the pressure of playing in Philly? I mean, this is there's no town like this. I mean, you can t- you can talk about New York all yeah. you want. I mean, New York's nothing like Philadelphia. I mean, if I if, if I'm a player, I mean, this is really tough to play here. You know, you they, they love you and they hate you. And right, and you're you're a and you're a big fish, and really, honestly, a little bit. Yeah, it's a small pond in that. There isn't much else going on in Philadelphia for a lot of people besides the Eagles. In New York, there's yeah. like a million other different distractions, yeah. and there's more teams, and there's more, you know, there's Broadway. There's yeah. like a million things. And I understand Philadelphia has is, is a cultural uh, city and has a lot going for it beyond sports. But the Eagles are just far and away the big ticket yeah. here. And I mean, you, yeah. you're and doing badly in New York. In it, it, you know, you can go out and nobody notices you. You know, because there's so, like you said, there's so much else going on. I mean, your team's doing badly. You're, you know, you're playing badly. The, the, you know, you don't have to worry about like being being recognized around the first corner away from your house. I mean, here, I mean, Carson Wentz is afraid to go out for God's sakes. You know, uh, yeah. because yeah. these guys are so paranoid about attention and about negative attention and about, you know, they they won't they won't tell you the name of their dog. They won't tell you. I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, this is a tough town, and, and you've got to have the mentality. One thing with Andre Dillard that uh, that I wanted to point out is, you know, when a guy drops in the draft to you who's supposed to be taken really high, the first impulse is, oh, boy, look at this. Isn't this great? But there's always the question of why yeah. he dropped. Good point. You know, yeah, why did he drop? He didn't do. You know, he was not somebody that the Eagles really vetted the way they – when you target somebody, when you have like four or five players that you've really in, you know, put a lot of work into going to the first round, that's very different than when a guy drops to you and you're like, oh, okay. You know, right. that's, well, I just don't know what the process was there and how extensive it was. It made sense at the time. I was in Nashville for the draft and it made sense because it was such a big defensive line draft. And teams grab these defensive linemen, you know, one, two, three, four. And, and you know, it, it made sense. It wasn't like there were any undercurrent rumors or anything like that about Dillard. It was just, hey, nobody's taking offensive tackles. But, you know, I mean, and we don't know that he's not going to be real good. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there are some question marks. And now I look at that night a little bit differently than I did when it happened. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, I've, I kind of touched on that topic in my story today about, you know, about the crapshoot nature of, of the draft and how the Eagles, you know, they've had um, some dubious recent drafts because a lot of what happens on draft day kind of they go off the rails a little bit in terms of what they've had even set up on the draft board. And with Dillard, as you mentioned, Les, it was, they didn't think they were going to be able to get him or at least have a chance to trade up to get him. Now, hey, they had done a lot of the homework, at least the scouts have. Anthony Patch and Ryan Myers yeah. were, were, you know, they were – they're based on the West Coast. They were at Washington State. They met him. They talked to people affiliated with him. Joe Douglas and his staff met with Dillard at the Senior Bowl. They sat down. But when Howie Roseman pushed, you know, sent his name in, this is a guy he never looked in the eye, face to face, before he made that final pick. And I, right. you know, you have to trust your scouts. And, and Howie can't meet everybody, but you know, I think that's a little bit important. Typically, you looked at the guy, at least the first round guy that you have targeted you look him in the eye at some point if you're the guy in charge well you took and you, you talked about you're talking about the crapshoot nature of the draft i mean this is the ultimate crapshoot this year i mean uh right. with with what you know with the fact that coronavirus has, has uh has limited their contact with these guys i mean they they talked to them at the 
at the combine, obviously. But, you know, those 30 visits have always been important to this regime. Uh, a lot of those guys they bring in for those those uh, visits before the draft, they end up taking. You know, now now the, when yeah. we talked to Howie last week, you know, they play and, and Whitehall, they played up the, the Zoom conference calls. Well, let me tell you. You're not learning a whole lot from a guy when you're talking to him on a on a computer screen compared to when he's sitting in front of you right. and you can look him in the eye. Um, I think this so may that's help. Gonna be, that's going to be and it, there's going to be a lot more mistakes this year by every. I think this. Well, I mean, I, you know, I'm going to take the contrarian point of view here. I think it may help teams, and I think it may help teams like Eagles, where they're just kind of getting out of the way of what their scouts and their personnel department has done for months now in building this draft board. You know, go by the film, go by what you see, go by what your guys have learned by being on the campus with these guys and spending time with them. I mean, yeah, much information as you can get helps, but every team is in the same boat here. And I just feel like with maybe Howie being at home and they're not being Jeffrey Lurie in the room and, and you don't have all these, other, I mean, for, for Christ's sake, like the minority owners are in the room and you got Don Smolensky sitting at the yeah. head table he doesn't have anything to do with football. And you have, like, it's, you have all these distractions, you know, let Howie just sit there and the board that Andy Weidel has created go by the board. <laughs> you know, I understand. Yeah. I, I don't, I can you know, that. obviously yeah. I understand this. You just don't check guys off. You know, you have different ways that you rate them and certain positions. Maybe they have similar type grades and you have all these other alerts based on character, et cetera, and blah, blah, blah. But man, just, just, just go by the players you like and, and what you see and trust yourself the herd mentality, you know, Howie is a herd mentality guy. He's a group think type guy. He doesn't really like to make decisions on his own. And maybe you just kind of trust what the direct, what the personnel department has done and you, you get the best players that they love and go that direction. You know, you had mentioned Jeff in your story today, and I, I wrote about this earlier in the week, you know, the medical uh, situation. I mean, you mentioned a lot of guys that in the last few drafts they've downgraded because of medical questions. Uh, you know, Howie has repeatedly said this offseason that they're not going to take a chance on guys uh, with, with checkered uh, medical histories. And the problem there is they don't have complete medical histories on a lot of these guys because of the, the limitations. There were no medical yeah. rechecks. They're, they're, they're taking, you know, I mean, obviously they're calling doctors. They're, uh, you know, they brought mm-hmm. in Ashton Davis uh, somehow, some way to get to get rechecked, or at least he, he saw his doc, he saw his doctor in Philly. But yeah, yeah, that yeah. was his agent knowing that this right. was an issue. But you know? but but still, I, this is a yeah. team that's that's going into this draft very cautious of of taking a guy that shut up, dog, <laughs> uh, that, that that might be hurt, and you know they do not want to risk uh, bringing in somebody like. I mean, if this was three years ago, you know, they never draft Sidney Jones. I mean, that's that's just that that that's a that's a risk they're not going to take. Again. Right, and that's you know uh, maybe that factored into so DK Metcalf was a guy that they had they had dropped down their draft draft board. They had him rated pretty high. Uh, I know was, I've even seen the evaluation and the grade on him. They had him basically, I think, their third receiver. Yeah, but when it came time to actually stack the draft board, the, he had a medical alert on him, and they dropped him down into like the you know I think the third or fourth round. And if they were that cautious last year, uh, how, how how much more cautious will they be this year? Yeah, and and w- will it be good or will it be bad? I mean, will they will it help them avoid mistakes or will it help them uh, avoid guys that they probably should have taken because of a minimal risk that they felt they just weren't comfortable with? 
What do you? Th- I mean, so if you guys were to like, you know, let's say let's flash forward to Saturday, the draft is over, the Eagles have expended whatever amount of picks. What would make you say, okay, they they did pretty good here? And I'm thinking specifically of positions. I know that shouldn't factor need, shouldn't factor too much into how you mm. view your draft day selection, your draft selections. But what would have you guys thinking? Okay, they did they did their job here. And maybe can you name a player or two. I want to see. I want to see two or maybe three yeah. wide receivers. I want to see a darn safety this year. I still can't believe that last year's draft went by without a safety. Uh, everybody thought they would get a safety high in last year's draft. And, you know, there'll be a linebacker. I have no idea if it'll be in the early rounds. And there better be a corner uh, somewhere in the first four rounds, I think. Uh, and an offensive tackle. They're, they, they're down a couple of those uh, free agency. Uh those are my uh, my key. Factors. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you, Les, on on multiple wide receivers. I, I think, and I think that's going to happen. And I, they absolutely have to get a safety. I mean, I think Rodney McLeod's one and done. Um, you know, I uh, we still don't even even know whether Jalen Mills is going to you know be a long term right. safety. Uh, but they, and they've got to get a corner. The backup, they've got to find depth at, at tackle to compete with Malata for uh, that, that swing tackle job. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you another position that I think they need to pick up at some point in this draft, and it's not a very good draft for this position, but it's tight end. Uh, because, I mean, yeah. I know you guys maybe don't agree with me on this, but Zach Ertz is not going to play in Philadelphia beyond 2021 in my mind. They can't pay him and Goddard what it's going to cost. And so they need to start thinking about, a second tight end uh, to go with Goddard. Yeah. And if there's somebody in this draft they like and, and think w- would make a good guy to start training as a third, you know, th- there would be a third uh, uh, tight end yeah. this year. I think they need to go out. They need to take yeah. it. I don't see that guy in this year's draft. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, you're probably, you could very well be right. I want to see Goddard really be worth all this. I mean, Zach Ertz is one of the great, receivers in the history of the franchise i'd sure like to see dallas goddard show that he's that good before i bid adieu to zach Ertz and anoint dallas goddard as you know as as the same guy uh but yeah they do need a tight end i don't i can't imagine it'll be in this draft uh, i think they'll find like a third tight end type somehow off the strap heap and, you know they'll have to look at that yeah. later on i guess uh as a, as a big need if they go. The I'd be surprised yeah. if they don't come out with three, three, two or three wide receivers, uh, two of them probably by the end of the second day. Uh, edge rusher is, is certainly an area that they, as Damu alluded to earlier, an area that they need more players. Uh, you know, uh, it's t- that, that's a tough position to find talent via after the first and second round. You don't see many guys going later in the draft and projecting. Maybe you have to kind of take a gamble on a, linebacker in college that you project to be an edge guy or or something uh, of that nature and I think the same applies to safety as well we've seen so many cornerbacks college cornerbacks convert to safety in the NFL take a gamble on a cornerback that maybe doesn't have the physical tools to play corner in the NFL but as a safety boy you think that maybe okay this guy could this guy could really uh, do the job here um mm-hmm. As for uh, 
other surprise? I mean, what about maybe before we sign off, shocks? Like, what would what would be like? Oh boy, why well, I can't believe they did this. Give me your one thing that would shock you, and it could be something in the first round that would make all of Philadelphia ready to storm the Novacare with with uh, you know torches and pitchforks, even in light of uh, perhaps ca- catching the coronavirus. <laughs> Well, offense tackle in the first round again <laughs> would certainly do that. Uh, I even run. Fans love running backs, but uh, if they were to decide that they had that, that they can't pass up, you know, DeAndre Swift or somebody at twenty-one, I think that would just be kind of a slap your forehead kind of move with Miles Sanders and Boston Scott yeah. already here. Dama, you know, we talked about those two linebackers uh patrick queen and, and kenneth murray and oddly enough uh after i had tweeted several days ago about jeremiah uh mocking uh kenneth murray as the eagles pick it actually got a positive reception from a lot oh, of people but yeah but i i think really if, if they would take one of those guys that would that would that would cause quite an uproar in this city yeah well that, i mean they love linebackers in the city. They feel like, hey, you know, we need a we need a white middle linebacker like Chuck Bidnarik, Bill yeah. Berge, old school guy, real yeah. <laughs> You know, like the same people who love the, uh, you know, we need a we need a hard nosed north to south running back. Lunch bucket, lunch bucket. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I don't know what NFL these people are watching. It's <laughs> not the way the game's played anymore. The one from they got to get speed. But, yeah. I mean, they got to get speed. That's they got to get fat. And look, every team likes yeah. to say that, but, but you, well, I mean, see what Andy Reid has done over the last several years. Holy moly! I mean, I mean, ironically enough, those two guys are, do give you speed. It's just that it's at a position that Jim Schwartz has no use for. Right, and it's not it's not a position where you need speed on the edges. Speed on the edges. Give me some fast corners, give me some fast receivers, and give me some fast edge rushers. Yeah. I mean, unless he has – I mean, it's it's very possible Jim's thinking about somehow changing his philosophy. I mean, he's, you know, he's always had Malcolm to cover tight ends. Uh, you know, somebody's going to have to cover him this year. I mean, more tight ends are becoming more important than ever in this league with people like Kelsey and Kittles uh, uh, becoming even more dominant. Um, maybe he thinks – Maybe he thinks getting a queen or a, or a uh, Kenneth Murray is the, is, is the future rather than the past. I don't know. Yeah. I doubt it. That's kind of what I was trying to say earlier is the league is changing in that regard. I wouldn't, you know, I'd be surprised. But I would I be shocked, shocked because they spent so much of their offseason addressing the defensive side of the ball. Can you imagine if all of a sudden they didn't get a receiver in the first round and they drafted like a defensive linebacker or, or end and while that, that may not say something about the the ability of the guy they drafted we don't know but and you can't worry about what fan fans think but you got to get a wide receiver here and then and, and that in, in itself though makes me just wonder how they they've kind of backed themselves into forcing this issue and and i i worry about that do you press do you press the wide receiver yeah. need so much that you don't get the guy that you really, really love. I mean, you know, there's 31 other teams. There's a million other things that can happen before the Eagles pick at 21. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that surprised me about free agency and and the the off season up to this point is they left themselves. You know, there were so many different, even some guys that weren't 
great stars, you know, that they could have just picked up and made this look a little, you know, given a little more intrigue to their yeah, well, how first round. Really, think, he sold yeah. Deshaun. I mean, Deshaun, the Deshaun sale job, I can get. I can see Deshaun coming back and playing, yeah. and maybe not being the same guy or maybe not being able to play all 16, but you can kind of maybe hinge a little bit of your of your future on him. But the Alshon, Jeffrey sale, I'm not buying and the JJ, the you know the confidence in JJ, I don't I don't see how that's a reality. Although I mean, look, I don't want to write him off. I mean, as less as you mentioned, the wide receivers are right. position sometimes it takes a few years to to catch on. But other than that, they got nothing, and that was the number one issue for the team in my in my opinion last season. Guys, the yep. the rumor mill, the all these trade rumors and all these deals that suppose people that are supposedly available. Heading into the draft, uh, Alshon's been mentioned as one of them. Any chance mm-hmm. in your mind that, that they can unload him? No. Yeah. The only chance I see is if he agrees to redo his deal with whatever team he goes to. If he wants out of here so badly that he'll, take or the Eagles, or the Eagles money. agree to take yeah. like ninety percent of his salary, or uh, they're going to have to eat a, a significant amount of it to move him. And to move him when he's not yeah. even healthy, I just don't think because of the foot injury, if they can deal him now, um, and they probably and a lot, it, it might depend on right, what they right. Can yeah, get out of just about to say that they might need Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, I it's it's a yeah, weird yeah. situation. All right, guys, we're about, about to hit forty minutes here. It's probably a good amount for uh, for all you listeners there uh, at home, or where, I guess most of you are at home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll maybe wrap it up uh, sometime next week, the draft early next week. Uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting three days. Certainly the Eagles need to start hitting on players. We won't know for a long time whether they hit on those players or not, but uh, we'll have some news over these next several days and we'll, we'll be on top of it every single step of the way. So Les and Damo, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining again. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening at home. Please stay safe, uh, stay home and, and uh, stay, uh, stay healthy and positive. Uh, And that's it for the Bird's Eye View podcast. Uh, We'll talk to you next time. Take care. Thank you.